Um, yeah, I don't even know what we're talking about today, but no? I guess it's real estate unscripted, so. We can talk about what lenders are doing mm. to help out with the market, that mm. whole ecosystem, right? Because I think people, one huge learn for me um, about this, just the entire industry, right? You, you have to, you have to be in touch with um, all the different, I would guess, um, um, all the other different departments that work within the industry, right? Mm -hmm. All the different organizations that work within the industry. Mm -hmm. And just because you hear this one thing, oh, market's hot, doesn't mean that this industry is just dead, right? Yeah. Rates are going up. Doesn't mean the in this industry is dead. So what do you do is you have to reach out to all the other organizations and just be in touch with them. Yeah. Lenders, what are you doing, right? These people run multi-million dollar organizations. They have salaried staff. They're not just like, ramping up riding the wave of a hot market and then yeah. being like i let you all go we have no other no. Um, although some people are yeah so i was talking to adam about that yesterday is he letting? Uh, well no no they're committed to keeping everybody on staff but mm -hmm. he said like the major institutions yeah. like the loan depots and all that stuff mm -hmm. like they're going to be in a situation where they're going to end up having to lay people off it made no sense to me it made zero in terms of laying people I was, off no what? of adding so many yeah it's in my opinion um i adam actually was in my on my mind too because i know he bought extra space and mm -hmm. had other people and i get it I, you know it's almost like the getting is good it's just like when you watch shark take right mm -hmm. and you watch it from like last season and you see somebody has this product of selling bread or mm -hmm. baking bread product right yeah. of course it did well <laughs> during COVID, covid of course you know but what is it going to do now after covid <laughs> yeah. right Everybody's forgotten about that. Screw those extra languages, the home equipment, the mm -hmm. prices for everything have, you know, gone to mellow out. Um, demand, um, you know, production has started to meet demand with all of mm -hmm. that. People aren't really needing it anymore. And so I felt the same thing about our industry. So when I hear somebody ramping up and adding all these extra agents, all these extra team members in support, it's like, is this for six to nine months? Exactly. Or what, you know, exactly. or are you just adding it? And so um, in my previous experience, uh, working in corporate world, that's when I reached out to staff companies, mm -hmm. temporary staffing companies. Mm -hmm. I need this position just for six to nine months to ride this hot wave, right? Yep. Ride that hot wave. Then you're not letting anyone down mm -hmm. at that particular point, right? You know, and also you're not extending yourself to my bigger office space. You're yeah. just pulling that all in and you're just bursting at the seams until you can actually see a good solid two to four years ahead of you. And yeah. then that's when I would open up leases and extend and hire staff and come up with salaries and bonus structures and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So I did see that um, who um, who led off 150 employees the other day, some big, uh, a big, big company. Yeah, led off 150 and I was like, eeks, ow. Well, you know, the interesting thing with that is like, Chase has been doing that for a while where mm -hmm. they've been really trying to go super lean. Mm -hmm. And if you go like, you know, I bank with Chase for all my accounts, but um, if you go into like a, a Chase location now, like it's, you would think it's like a skeleton staff. I was there the other day, there was like five people there, yeah. right? There was a private banker. Um, there were two people, two tellers, and then there was one other person in an office and then another person at a desk. That was it, Yeah. nobody else in there. And so granted there was probably five, 10 people, not even 10, I'd say less than 10 people that came in over the time that I was there. Mm -hmm. So like, if you think about like how they how everything was going, it, it kind of makes sense. Right. 
don't continue to scale up, but like keep it at a level where you know you can be relatively even with it. But um, the other thing that they were doing is putting, you know, the electronic ATM like right there inside the store, and they're guiding you to that. Like you come in, you're like, hey, I want to make a withdrawal. Cool, go to that machine over there, do your thing. <laughs> hey, I want to make a deposit. Awesome. Go over to that machine mm. and do your thing, right? Like yeah. they've been pushing that for a little while, mm-hmm. but it's like you're saying in terms of like people scaling, scaling drastically. Like it's it's interesting because you're gonna start to see a shift. Like we just saw, we just got reports, like um, and I didn't look at all the details yet, but Walmart and Target, two mm-hmm. major retailers, that both reported that their numbers were down, mm-hmm. right? If you think about what was going on during COVID, like you were saying, where people were buying all of these items and doing all this stuff at home, it was also buying a bunch of stuff for the house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because we were sitting at home more. And now if people aren't doing that, um, at least as much or spending as much on that stuff, then now they're, they've got an abundance of inventory. So it was like, I, it was either it was either Target or Walmart that had reported that they had to do a write-off on their inventory because they had an abundance of inventory still in their warehouses. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's bad inventory management, mm-hmm. right? You know, bringing it all back into, you know, real estate, these waves just don't last forever, mm-hmm. right? And there's no need to get discouraged if you are either a seller or a buyer um, and you have a life event that's coming up or just a motivation or you just want to go sell or buy properties. Um, you know, it's we still have products and we still have avenues to explore whether the interest rates are high, interest rates are low, housing market, you know, properties are going for $20,000 over. Mm-hmm. We still have a way to help everyone, you know, either secure an asset or sell their, their asset. Yeah. It's not one of those, oh my God, this is going crazy. Like we should not do anything or not buy assets or sell assets. Yeah. Um, the difference between hearing about Walmart and all those inventory levels is we always have our thumb on the pace in terms of like, where is this going? We're thinking mm-hmm. three to six months out, six to 12 months out. And we're doing that by meeting with the lenders, you know, doing all of our research, looking at what current inventory is, doing our surveys, our studies, um, meeting with our teams, our partners, and, you know, having our thumb on the pulse mm-hmm. of this whole entire industry. And it, it almost is like a shame on you. Who would expect to keep revenue dollars like yeah. no company should be looked at negatively if this quarter um if, if q1 or q2 of 2022 there's a decline in revenues versus 2021 yeah <laughs> right it's like oh yeah sure that's you what's expected expect if you thought you were gonna ride that wave <laughs> and just be quadrillion uh, right for the rest of your life something's wrong like you're yeah. doing and, that, and that's what happens you have that impulsive people are just doing things impulsively like how am i feeling now i feel like i got a lot of calls mm-hmm. i need more people to answer those calls i need more space for those people right mm-hmm. and people just impulsively work that way mm-hmm. right and then it puts themselves in a situation where they're not providing good service um and and really doing the justice um to their actual service offerings right um by being impulsive and not planning ahead and planning accordingly and kind of adjusting yeah um which you know reminds me of a, a conversation i had like in the last 24 to 72 hours with a, a client that I've been working with for over a year now, relocating from out of state. Um, the goal of relocating from out of state is just better schools and they want to be in South Florida mm-hmm. um, for the, all of the amenities that they offer, right? And, um, you know, I had to have that conversation. Hey, the market's still hot. Oh, we see a lot of home price dropping, price drop, price drop. And sure, send those over to me. Yep, agent listed it too high. Mm-hmm. That's why I dropped down mm-hmm. to where it should have been. Um, you know, still in this market uh, there are a lot of um you know licensed agents 
that don't understand that the market will level itself. It'll it'll set its own price, right? Uh -huh. And you don't have to do it for it. You know, the market will speak. And so um, she found a really nice pro property that she loved, and it was listed at fair market value, around nine hundred thousand dollar price range. But by the time I did comps and everything, I knew this is going to go for nine fifty, nine seventy five, although it's listed at nine hundred. And I set that expectation in advance, but um. I wanted to see the community as well mm -hmm. because it was in a uh, walking distance of a synagogue mm -hmm. and yeah. um, that's really important for a large clientele as well. And so I figured I'd go there and then also the agent was part of our brokerage as okay. well. So I was like, ah, I'll go build a relationship and it's right around the corner. It's not not that bad. So um, I went over and sure enough, I mean, just offers are just out the door, of course, you know. And so I have this conversation with her and say, yep, like I told you, this is where it's going to go. and. For most people, they just, you know, including myself, right? Uh, prior to just being educated on it, it's just black and white. You know, I want a conventional loan. I have to put 20% down. How can I afford to pay $30,000, $40,000 above mm -hmm. what it's asking for and above what it will appraise for? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the answer to that is, you know, lenders still have to lend in a market where interest rates are still really high. And so mm -hmm. they become really creative in the way that they lend, all in, all in line with, you know, Fannie and Freddie guidelines, right? You know, nothing of the two early 2000s. And so um, I just, you know, gave her her space, let her just kind of absorb that information. And I agreed with her. She's like, you know, I can't be in this market. It's just really too hot. I agreed that it's a hot market. Then I just followed up with her in 24 hours and said, hey, you know, like, you should speak to a lender. Um, this particular client is, uh, I want to find a house first I uh, love, then I'll speak to a lender. <laughs> so I want the house to be yeah. gone by the time I'm ready yeah, to buy Yeah, right. And I'm like, no, nah, it doesn't really work <laughs> like that. Um, so I'm like, you need to speak to a lender regardless. So you just know how much buying power you do have. Mm -hmm. So you know, just kind of a planning, planning accordingly for that. And so just letting her know that there's different products out there. What do you mean? You might not have to put 20% down. Mm -hmm. You can put 10% down, still maybe avoid some PMI, mm -hmm. right? Or have a very low PMI. Like exactly. we just had a client that had PMI at $19 a month and took the rest of her deposit and used that to pay above and, and over ask, yeah. you know, over appraised value of the home. And, um, was able to secure that yeah. without bringing any additional money to the table. And a lot of people just don't know that because they go to, you know, a lot of big box, you know, banks that, you know, unfortunately just don't have that wiggle room mm -hmm. or don't choose to have that wiggle room, you know, yeah. um, where you have like local brokers, boutique places where they have underwriters right there on staff that can get you squared away and they can work out a deal. And they want to work out a deal mm -hmm. as opposed to just feeling like a number at a big bank is like, Hopefully somebody will call me back and let me know what's going on. You know? right? yeah. And so for you guys, um, PMI, it's purchase mortgage insurance. Um, what that is, is it's it's you're paying in, right? In the event that you were to default on your loan, they use that purchase mortgage insurance, uh, right? To account for those people that end up defaulting and they have to foreclose on those homes. So it helps offset some of the expense for the bank in the event that you guys don't end up making your monthly payments that you're supposed to do and they have to take uh, they have to take the property on. So obviously you don't really want to pay that because it doesn't go towards anything for you as a benefit. It 100% goes towards the banks. And so the way that we're talking about it and what we always look at is, hey, maybe you have to have it, but let's try to identify a way that you can reduce that number as much as possible so that you're not just paying into this thing that you're never really gonna benefit from. So that's what it is. And overall bottom line too is, you want a house for a million dollars, a hundred thousand, you know, five hundred thousand dollar home. Um, 
most of us have a number that we're comfortable with on a monthly basis mm -hmm. of come of investing in that purchase, right? Mm -hmm. And you know that number is all inclusive of everything. It's your taxes, um, it's your insurance for the property, and possibly your HOA fees for the property, right? And then this PMI insurance. And the good thing with speaking to lenders in advance is giving them your, your financial portfolio they are dedicated in meeting that that out-of-pocket expense that you're you know you're you're budgeting for right? right and so you might be able to find you know you in your mind you do basic mortgage calculation i'm looking for a home for eight hundred thousand. you get in touch with a lender it's like no you could buy one for one million and mm -hmm. we can still keep your price the same and here's how mm -hmm. right again all within you know fanny freddie guidelines and things of that nature so you know nothing shady or weird you know these products are you know government um underwrited profit um um, not uh, regulated, government regulated right. products, right? So, you know, you're not getting, you know, Tony in the background is gonna slide you some money <laughs> on the table and you just gotta pay yeah, him back in happening. interest, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. A lot of people get really scared when you um, start telling them there's um, other avenues outside of paying 20% down. What do you mean? I've never heard of that. Um, so there are different avenues that you can explore to do that. Um, with the main focus on get with a financial, um, get with a lender, run your finances and you know see what you can your purchasing power is with how much money you want to spend on yeah. a monthly basis yeah there's no there's no question about it like at the end of the day if you guys are looking to buy a home the very first thing that you need to do outside of you know reaching out to a realtor is talking with a mortgage professional and the reason behind that is you truly need to understand what your buying power is going to be so that you can maximize whatever you're going to end up doing and you end up understanding hey what can i afford and what's gonna be my loan type, what, what's the strategy that we have to utilize to get me into the home, like stuff like that is very important. So you have to do that part up front. Even if you're not really ready to purchase, there's still some benefits for you doing that up front as well because what, they can, what the lender can end up doing is they can look into what's going on with your situation, right? Mm -hmm. They pull your credit, they end up seeing uh, they end up seeing what's going on from like a financial perspective, what, what's going on from your debt to income ratios, what's going on for your um, for what's going on for your uh, like your credit score. Mm -hmm. Right. And if there's opportunities for them to improve your credit score or for you to improve your credit score, they'll guide you and say, hey, if you pay this off, it will help you out. Mm -hmm. If you do this, it'll help you out. Right. And so it's little things like that that can actually set you up for success when you're officially ready to buy. And so like we often tell our clients like hey we want to get you talking with a mortgage professional as soon as possible mm -hmm. because they're the experts in making sure that you're going to be able to get that loan a lot of people say to me like oh my credit score is great so i'll be covered or oh i have a bunch of money so i'll be covered those are just small elements to yeah. actually getting approved but like the lender knows everything you don't know it yeah. i don't even know everything right yeah. i know enough to at least communicate some pieces mm -hmm. of it but that's their space and so they're the ones to execute all of that for you. And so like, it's very, very important. Like you guys, I can't stress it enough. Like speaking with a mortgage professional upfront is always, always the first thing that you need to do, of course. Well, okay, let's say the second thing you need to do <laughs> right. after calling us first, right? Um, but then that's the second, and, and we'll connect you with somebody that we know, like our preferred lenders. We've got a great group that we work with, but even if you're not talking with them, talking with somebody that you know that's in the space too, like it's very important for them to yeah. do that. And pro strategy um, tip um in, in regards to that i know everybody here is oh you got to get a pre-approval you got a pre-approval and we're in especially last year a lot of people i have to get a pre-approval just to go look at a house x y and z and i think now that everybody should have a better understanding that mm -hmm. you, yes 
why go look at a house if you can't buy it, right? Mm -hmm. um, in a market where the house is only gonna be on the um, market for seven to 10 days. Um, but more importantly, you know, when you add that trifecta of speaking with a lender, right? A lender that one, our in-house lenders, um, you know, we have personal relationships with them, right? Between us, your lender, and, and having a professional real estate agent is, lenders are gonna tell you, here's what I can do, here's you know, what you can afford. We're gonna be able to steer you, okay, you don't wanna be in this particular city because taxes are always gonna be high in that price point that you're mm -hmm. looking at, right? You might wanna be in this city, taxes will be a little lower. Why is that important? Because taxes are part of your monthly payment, mm -hmm. right? So you could buy a million dollar house on the water in city A and a million dollar house of water in city B, and you can have a $500 difference in your monthly mortgage payment, right? right? Um, same thing with any price category, right? You know, $100,000, $500,000 home. In addition to that, we are um, also using our turnkey services with our insurance representatives that we have, right? Mm -hmm. So being able to say, hey, I love this particular house. We know what the taxes are. We have insurance telling us what it's gonna be. So we put everything together and work with the lenders. Just, it's a team of us that are all focused on one particular client mm -hmm. and how can we, you know, um, just put all the statistics together and identify you know, how to move through this transaction, what is our absolute max purchasing mm -hmm. power mm -hmm. with everything that we've identified at this point mm -hmm. where most people are like, oh, you got approved for a million, this house is 900, let's put an offer in for 950 and that's when you get into the whole, you really don't have enough cash to close, the monthly payments are gonna be a lot higher than you think. What do you mean I can't afford a 950 house and I got a million dollar pre-approval? Well, taxes, insurance, yep. and everything else, you know? into your monthly payments. 100%, and, and those are other reasons why, you know, um, partnering with, you know, professional realtors, you know, we, um, that's just services that we offer, you know? You know, and talking about where the market has transitioned, right? So um, it was really interesting. So back in at like 2020, 2021, um, what was happening where the prices were going up, mm -hmm. but the interest rates were still really low. Yeah. So what we started talking to our clients about were like, yes, the prices are going up, but what are your monthly payments, mm -hmm. right? And our monthly payments in comparison to what you were paying before when the interest rates were higher, yep. were like either on par or possibly even a little bit lower, yeah. right? Maybe a little bit higher in some situations, but like at the end of the day, it wasn't as drastic as the price were increasing, right? Mm -hmm. Now we're at a point where the prices are, the interest rates are going up, but at the same time right now, there's that, that shift that's starting to happen in the market where we saw last month, a little bit more inventory starting to come into the market, yeah. right? Yep. And so hopefully what that starts to do is that starts to make a little bit of a shift on the prices, not necessarily saying that the prices are gonna just plummet down, mm -hmm. but like where we're in those situations where there were 20 offers on every single property and, there were, and, the, and the price was just skyrocketing because of that, that might start to dwindle down a little bit for these buyers and still get them into a reasonable monthly payment for them. And so like, it's definitely something to think about. So as a lot of the headlines are talking about, um, you know, everything I'm hearing is like recession, market crashing, all of that stuff. And so people are starting to try to get prepared for that. I mean, it's still, if you, um, if you see what's going on in the market from our side, you'll see that it might be an opportunity for those monthly payments to come down. Mm -hmm. And the way that I always think about it is, is like, what would you be paying for rent, right? And compare that for yeah. what you'd be paying in your mortgage, right? And you you would hope that there's a benefit to you owning, having a mortgage versus having a rental property, yeah. right? And so there's several factors that come into play there, right? So like we said, the monthly payments, but on top of that, the fact that your mortgage is never gonna increase, mm -hmm. right? Um, granted, there's the only things that could possibly adjust that would be your taxes and insurance, insurance. Yeah. right? But in general, it's not going to increase. 
versus your rent. Like a lot of our clients, some of our clients have had rental increases from 500 to a thousand bucks. Yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah, which yeah. has been insane. And you know, I always told people before, like, man, I would buy over <laughs> renting, <laughs> but some people didn't want to do it, and they got into a situation where now their rental rates are a thousand bucks. Like they're asking for an extra thousand dollars on top of what they were paying last year. That's that's insane. Yeah, it's definitely insane. But and um, to jump in on that, and you know, listen, everyone, this industry, real estate, and everyone who you know works within it, it's a smart industry, right? So you have you know I, I feel i have a group of friends that are currently renters right mm -hmm. who would be well i have this this or that going on i, I couldn't afford a mortgage anyways well again you know and, and not to pump up you know lenders but they're being really really creative right now mm -hmm. to start helping people because they know that right at the end of the day you know let's just for example act like we all own you know a lending company mm -hmm. right hey interest rates are going up less people are more likely to want a high interest rate and look for a home but also rent is going up right mm -hmm. and let's say you have a pool of renters that you know feel like they cannot purchase a home because you know maybe they have a late payment on their credit report or they um only have you know five percent down instead of you know the 20 percent that's needed and or maybe they're just um independent business owners right and you know the way they do their taxes it doesn't show a lot of income but they do make a lot of income Whatever it may be that those um, those barriers that people are putting up to say, hey, you know, I'm most likely won't be able to purchase a home. I would say that I would push that to the side and reach out and talk to lenders, because mm -hmm. in this industry, lenders realize that, hey, we're having a shortage of people that that are well qualified, but just don't want a five to seven percent interest rate. Mm -hmm. Right. What a, what do we do to help serve, you know, a broader audience? Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe people who you know, might have a late credit score, might be independent business owners and lenders are here creating products for the for mm -hmm. that particular demographic. Right. And so I would say don't disqualify yourself. Who are you to disqualify yourself? Right. Yeah. Let somebody else tell you no. Yeah. And for the most part, I think right now you hear a lot of let yeses because lenders have to keep lending. You know, they're in this business mm -hmm. to make money and they have to figure out how to get you alone. And that's their, their overall goal. They want to lend money. Yeah. One of the one of the um, most interesting programs that we heard about recently, and it transitions along with what's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. So we talk about the great uh, resignation. Right. Yeah. A lot of people leaving their corporate jobs to go into being independent contractors or owning so their true. own business. Right. Yep. And so one of the products that we heard about and, and has been being used is how they can utilize your bank statements. Mm -hmm. Right to end up um, approving you for a mortgage, yep. right? And it's very important for somebody that is an independent contractor mm -hmm. or self-employed in general, right? So that they, because the way that we do our taxes, right? We have a ton of expenses mm -hmm. that offset a lot of the income that comes in. However, there are programs for these buyers that are out there that are looking for that. So like if you guys happen to be a buyer that um, is an independent contractor, self-employed, there are programs for you. and so definitely speak to a mortgage professional so that you can still get the house that you need or that you're looking for because there's a great opportunity for you and they have programs for that. And so I think a lot of people yeah. assume, oh, I'm uh, I'm self-employed, therefore like I can't get a house. Or they do the opposite and say like, I'm self-employed, I make all of this money, mm -hmm. so therefore I should definitely be able to get a house. And it's like through the natural pro uh, programs, right? Yeah. And then once that gets reviewed, it's like, oh, well, you've got this, like the way you do your taxes shows that 
yes, you make X amount of dollars, right, in revenue, but then with all of these expenses, you make this much. Yep. Right? There are products out there that just want to know how much do you make exactly in revenue. They can mm -hmm. care less about your expenses, right? You work out your own expenses. Really good point. We have put a handful of clients and are working with clients right now who are pre-approved who just work for themselves mm -hmm. and run their own businesses and they are um, approved through those products, right? Really good point. Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show, like, just because someone has told you no, or you've read an article, you need to have a 790 credit score, 20, you know, 20 to $80,000 in a bank. That's just not true. You yeah. can still purchase a home in today's market and join this hot market yeah. and be competitive in this hot market um, with the products that lenders have to offer. And that's what they're there for. One of the other um, programs now that we're talking about it um, that has done really well for some of our clients is like over the past, what, 2020, 2021 has been traveling nurses. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it was interesting because we had one lender that said, no, they couldn't do it. We had another lender yep. that said, don't worry about it. I got you. Yeah. Right. And so we've been able to put uh, several travel nurses into homes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like a lot of the concern there was it was either talking about like what they were getting paid and if that was going to stay consistent or um, even where they were getting paid from. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but thankfully, like one of our lenders had a great program for these travel nurses. And so we were able to, to get them into the home that they were looking for as well, which is really awesome. You have these lenders that are adding this personal touch, right? Kind of meeting you in your space. Mm -hmm. If you're a person that just jumps from one contract to the next contract, then you've been consistently doing that and you have the funds and you have been saving, you have a low debt to income ratio, right? They see that as opposed to throwing your, you know, throwing those numbers into a calculator and saying deny, mm -hmm. right? They're actually like, yeah, we don't want to use that calculator. Who are you? Tell us what's going on. Let's figure out what you got going on in the background. Yeah. What is your career? How are you making money? Oh, this actually makes sense. Yeah. Let's get you a place. And so a lot of people, um, I hope you're listening to this, the, the ones that, you know, you, you might be from, you know, might be an independent contractor working from one job site to the next and had like a three month furlough, things of that nature, I'd still recommend that you reach out to a lender, um, talk about your financial portfolio, because there still are ways that you can, you know, purchase assets in this crazy market, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. without having this clear cut 850 credit score with a million dollars in a bank account. Exactly. A lot of people, I feel like I'm missing out on that. And then I'll be forced to spend more money to your point earlier, renting, yeah. right? When they can literally have a mortgage for mm -hmm. less than what it costs to rent at this point. And when yeah. they're renting down here, they're paying first, last in security, mm -hmm. right? Let's just say they have a, a $300 rental rate, right? Mm -hmm. It's $9,000 up front. Yeah. Like for some people that could be their down payment or at least yeah. a portion of it. Right. And so it, it's not always more advantageous or beneficial to rent, especially with how much money you have to shell out up front. Exactly. Same or similar. You get to your little payment. waterfront view condo <laughs> right. for, with that down with your first last security. You know, that could be your down payment for a condo. Mm -hmm. Ride the condo out for a couple of years, sell that, purchase the home of your dreams. If the condo isn't already, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like you, there's so many options out there and, and I would rather you know, change the type of home, be in a condo and, you know, three bedroom, two, two bath, mm -hmm. a nice view, pool, everything's included. It's immaculate. And I've gotten that by using what I would spend for first, last and security yep. to pay somebody else's mortgage yep. for a year or two. Right. 
And yeah, it might be a different type of feel, it might be a different type of vibe for the moment, but you're you're actually a homeowner. You yeah. own property and you have now have an asset that you can leverage, right? Yeah. You might not ever have to sell that. That can just stay and provide generational wealth or it could stay just part of your portfolio of investment properties. You can rent it out, use it for a family rel a relative, depending on what city you are in HOA, you can Airbnb it out, mm -hmm. right? Um, things of that nature, and you might not have to leverage that asset. You can stay there and save the amount of money you would, the extra seven, eight hundred bucks a month you'd be spending on somebody else's yeah. mortgage and rent. Save that for your down payment for your next home. Yeah. You know, that's all. That's the formula of how most people are. You know, owning tons, of lots of properties, right? Heck, you get a condo, you end up getting an investor loan, and you know, purchasing another property. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't beat that. And that, like, um, that's one of the things that. Uh, for first-time home buyers that I love talking to them about because it's not always the way that I explain it to them is that you don't have to hit a home run on your first house exactly right? it doesn't have to be your dream home number mm -hmm. one doesn't have to be your dream home the way that I look at number one is get yourself into a position that you're no longer paying rent yep. right a space that works for you mm -hmm. and that you're no longer paying rent because then you're starting to build wealth you're starting to build equity mm -hmm. in that home right and then what you end up doing, what most people end up doing is they move over to house number two, which is their step up, right? Yep. So you transition from house number one into a home that's more in line with what you would want long-term. May not be your final house, mm -hmm. but it fits what you need at that moment, right? Yep. And then you're there and maybe you end up transitioning from that one to the next one or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. right? But like, I, I feel that people end up missing that the real way to win in real estate is to get out of being a renter get into being an owner and getting that first space, right? Yeah. And again, not that most necessarily ideal feeling place. like, yeah, and not yeah. feeling like you have to hit a home run on that one. And just so everyone's paying attention to that example too, when you mentioned leaving that first home and going to your step up home, mm -hmm. right? You don't necessarily have to sell that home to mm -hmm. go into your step up home. And so when you, in that scenario, right? You have two people, A and B, you have A who's waiting for that ideal home mm -hmm. and the, the in that time frame that they're waiting, call it 24, 36 months, right? They're paying someone else's mortgage, right? They, it's like leasing a car. Mm -hmm. you know, you're just paying for it and you're giving it back to someone, right? And, and you know, that's person A. Person B is saying, ah, this house isn't the best, right? It's not my ideal, but it's livable. I feel comfortable eating here, having family, friends, and hosting in this particular home, right? Mm -hmm. It's fine. This person immediately goes into home ownership with all the benefits of that, right? They have an asset, the asset can appreciate, right? You know, you can get an equity line of credit. You can do a lot of things being a homeowner, right? More importantly, by the time you get to month 36, so example A and B in month 36, A has been spending a lot of money on principal and interest mm -hmm. on the mortgage, right? And also, just as such as life, right? I think everyone has a goal in life is year over year to continue to make more revenue or more, make more income, whether yep. it's pay wages, may, you know, um, side yeah, side business, whatever it is, you expect to make more mm -hmm. at that particular point, right? So B is making more money just like A is. A is just saving it for that dream home. What B is doing is saving that now for a down payment for that dream home. Mm -hmm. So A and B are gonna buy their dream home at the same time in this scenario. The biggest difference is, is B still has a primary asset mm -hmm. because they don't have to sell that because they've saved up just yep. like you know, they were pay, spending less money than A this whole entire time because yep. they are home ownership, right? Yep. And they were saving where A was spending more money to pay someone else and then they had to struggle to save every bit they could after that mm -hmm. just three years later to get to their dream home, their dream. right? Mm -hmm. And then, but B now has 
you know, a, you know, not so desirable home A that they can either rent, you know, they can Airbnb it out, yep. you know, or and they can sell. And then if they're both going for the same exact dream home, a million dollar home, right? One may be able to put $300,000 down because they sold the first property. Yep. Well, this one can only put $200,000 down, right? Yep. And so B is always continuing to keep winning and it starts with just securing a home and securing some type of asset immediately. Yeah. And, and to start leveraging your finances where you're not paying for someone else's investment, you're paying mm -hmm. for your own. 100%, 100% agree with that. And so, yeah, that's, something that that i've been preaching for a while mm -hmm. of course like it's been um it's been even more extreme over the past two years as we've seen rental rates go up uh but it's it's something that's been tried and true for decades yeah you know that like owning is one of the best ways to increase your overall um financial wealth uh, yep. for yourself and for your family and um and so People just need to, I mean, we try to tell our clients, but right, this is why we're doing this right now is so that you guys can understand it as well, is that the the benefits of owning a home is that you have the opportunity to increase your overall financial wealth at the end of the day. It's been proven, right? All the numbers show that yeah. that's the way to go. And just um, reach out to us and we'll figure out, we'll create that pathway mm -hmm. of helping you get there. Um, right now, this market, I believe rental reaches all time high, probably summer of last year, right? Yep. So you have to think that there's a large group of you who are still locked in from that contract, right? And what does it look like, you know, three to four months from now mm -hmm. when it's time to renew that? And what I would say is now, now is the best time to start looking at how do I find a home? Yeah. You know, something that I'm comfortable with, right? Um, that, you know, is gonna be equal or less than what I would potentially be paying for rent reach out to us, let us know, and we can, you know, make those connections, leverage our network, and help you come up with a solution where, you know, you now have an asset and stop paying someone else's you yeah. know, mortgage. Because you don't want to get hit with that 60-day shock, right? <laughs> like yeah. That 60-day notice of, hey, are you renewing or what? Yeah. And oh, by the way, we're also increasing your rent by 500 or $1,000, yeah. right? Yep. We have a um, mutual friend that we both saw this morning, and I told him, he's a renter, <laughs> and I told him, I said, you know, October, when it comes time to renew, you're gonna get sticker shock. You know this, right? Mm -hmm. ah, I think so, this and that. You should start saving mm -hmm. seven months ago. Like, if you're not complaining about rent, you will be. Yep. Like, anybody who's paying rent right now, unless you're renting from family, you're still probably complaining because they're like, hey, you're still gonna pay me more because I could make double, exactly. <laughs> you know? So exactly. if, you're, if you're not complaining about rent and you feel like I'm in a really good spot, wait until it's time to renew. Uh -huh. Because um, hey, fortunately, it's a, it's it, this was the year for investors and their rental properties, oh, right? Oh yeah. It was the year for they them. They made a killing. You know, they, were, they invested in the last 10 years and they finally got one year in the last 10 years <laughs> where they were like, I'm able to make, you know, at least another 30 to 40% increase uh -huh. on my, on return on my investment through this rental property. And so if you're not feeling the pain you're going to when it's time to renew, unless you're just in a really awesome situation um, and that's really good for you, but for the majority of everyone, yeah. um, you have a lot of people in Florida lobbying now. There's a lot of people in New York lobbying, mm -hmm. um, you know, the legislation and trying to put some type of ban on the increase of you know rent right now. Yeah. So it is a real thing and just, um, you know, leverage us, come reach out to us. We love to do it. We love to sit down and talk and figure out how we can help you obtain an asset as opposed to paying for someone else's asset and put you in a position where you're renting, yeah. you know, a year or two. You're renting your own asset, not, you know, renting from someone else. And um, going into that conversation, so I actually spoke with one of our past clients yesterday mm -hmm. and it was a situation where he had bought, he had bought this house and he loves the house. Everything's going great with that. 
But now like his original goal was to get house number one, then get an investment property, mm -hmm. right? So now we're looking into that or at least having the conversation. Of course, we steered him to one of our preferred lenders so mm -hmm. that he could get pre-approved and make sure we understand what budget are we working with. But it's just awesome to see that person transitioning from number one to like, all right, now what can I do from an investment perspective, right? Yep. And it's gonna be a, it, it's gonna be a great opportunity for him because um, he's got house number one secured. Mm -hmm. He's got equity in that house. We talked about how he could maximize or capitalize on that equity. And one of the opportunities was gonna be a cash out refinance for him, nice. right? Nice. So you can do a cash out refinance. You capitalize on where the market is currently, right? And um, he takes that money to end up buying him an investment property. Yep. Which investment property product, mm -hmm. right? Using the investment, mm -hmm. the lender, the cash lender. Cash flow loan. Yes, this is mm -hmm. called a cash flow loan. For those of you who are current homeowners, if you don't know about the cash flow loan, reach out to us. We'll you know, explain to you the details. But it's the easiest way. I yeah. mean, easiest way. You're like, hey, I want to invest in you. Have, you know, lunches and talking to friends. Oh, I want to invest. I want to get a house. I, I want to rent. This is what I want. No, just do it. Let's do it today. Mm -hmm. And let's find a place. And in 30 days from now, you will literally have a property that you can rent out yeah. um, using investor cash flow loan if you own your home. And I would say just to be super safe, you know, nine to 12 months at least of home ownership mm -hmm. at this point. Um, and you can, um, you have at least 20% to put down. Yep. Right? Yep. That's all you need. Yeah. And you can literally start, we can start looking for you an investment property immediately. Yeah. And the yep. cool thing with that is like what they actually look at is they say, okay, what's the status of this property, right? What are you paying for it? What are your monthly payments going to be? And then how, like, what's the rental rate that you can get from it? Yep. And they, they will do that analysis. Yeah, they do for that you, for you. The right? lender does it for you. Yeah. yeah. You actually have someone, you say, you point and say, I love that house. Um, I think I can make money off of it. I want to buy it. The lender says, sweet, we'll give you the money for it. As mm -hmm. long as you have 20% to put down, we'll give you the money for it. Mm -hmm. We're going to send an expert in to make sure that you can get the rental rate for the amount that we're going to charge you on a yep. monthly basis. They're doing the work for you. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to tell you well in advance, right? Of course. Of course. <laughs> we're going to have you squared away. But it just feels good that the person you're borrowing money for is actually going to, um, it's part of the due diligence check to make sure that you can make money off of yeah. it. And you can't beat that. And honestly, that's actually the program that he's looking at using. As we were talking oh, about nice. it yesterday, I was like, this would be the perfect program for you to utilize nice. here, right? Because it's an investment property. Yep. Um, you end up doing it that way. You don't have to worry about anything else. And you should be able, like I was giving him a couple examples of opportunities that he could get. And I'm like, the numbers would make sense for these um, for these properties. Mm -hmm. And so why not reach out to the lender and see what we can do on the refinance side mm -hmm. so that we can get you approved through this cash flow um, yep. program and lock it out and get you that nice, nice property. Nice. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. It's so simple. It's Love so it. easy, man. <laughs> it's so easy. And then they're literally just going out and buying more property. It's something that you think is like is you have to have millions of dollars in a bank and get loans and do all this other stuff. And it's literally at your, your reach and you just have to you know, pick up the phone, reach out to us on social media, mm -hmm. contact us directly and yeah. we'll be here to coach you through it. And it's a lot easier than than you might think, you know, just um, leverage our expertise, leverage our networks and we'll be able to get you squared 100%. away. Cool. Good, man. Um, well, I think that's all we got to talk about for today, right? That's it. I mean, we could always talk more, but yeah. uh, I don't know if they need to hear everything that we got for you guys. <laughs> but thank you again for enjoying another episode of Real Estate Unscripted. As we always talk about, we just sit down here and honestly just have an open conversation about yeah. what's going on just to educate you guys on the real estate market. But 
It's never anything that we sit down and write down on paper or try to strategize what we're going to talk about. We will look to you guys. If there's something that you guys want to hear about, you can send it in and we'll sit down and chat about it. But other than that, real estate unscripted, 100%. Thanks for attending, guys. Have a good one. See ya. Easy enough. There was a stumble on one word, but it's all good, huh? Dude, like, Max drink was empty when you did the Oh, shit. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Edit. <laughs> <laughs>